0: The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality team specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Well, is it Groundhog Day already? Because I feel like I've said this before. A Red star double in both the men's and women's leagues. The Northerners topping both leagues. But it wasn't a perfect weekend for Deadly Darrell as Gordon Smith's brace made him the highest flying Scotsman in the MPL league. This week, lift your game, Daryl. All that and more on this week's Perth Football Podcast. And we're back once again. Perth Football Podcast. In your ear holes, Kalichi. How are you? I'm feeling a lot, a lot better now, Sean, a lot better now. All right. Oh, that's good. Thank you for uh, giving the name out so I don't have to introduce myself. Uh, Kalichi just said it. Um, I'll be your host for today. Kalichi doing the double again, producer and on the mic. And we've got a double on the line today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, logistically, couldn't get the bodies in the studio, but they're going to uh, do the amazing job that they always do, um, starting with Mr. Football himself, Tommy Dolman. Evening, boys. Hello. Uh, how are you, Tommy? Good day? I'm good. Um, well, busy day. Um, yeah. Work so or? Financial year, but, um, yeah, 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 after
1: yeah. a busy weekend of football too. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we are also joined by the Queen of Football, who uh, doesn't yeah. want to uh, give herself a nickname and certainly doesn't want that nickname, but I don't know, we'll throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. Sam Geddes. How are you, Sam?
2: Yeah, I'm good.
0: Thank you. How are you guys going? We are going all yeah. the better hearing your voice, Sam. Uh,
2: and <laughs> so let's kick
0: things off. I wanted to. Uh, we we haven't had the chance. We we wanted to start um, a, a brand new podcast recently called the um, Cricketing Controversies Podcast. And there's been nothing to talk about. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, Tommy, Sam, you're you're English, so you must be a cricket fan, right? Right. Uh,
2: yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I've been watching the cricket. Okay, so uh, do I, I would love to actually hear your opinion on this whole controversy. Let's, we'll go really quickly because this is not a cricket podcast, but for those that didn't see it, um, the controversy yesterday was the Australian wicketkeeper uh, took the ball after a, a bouncer, threw it immediately at the stumps. Uh, the English batsman, uh, was it, I think it was Bairstow, started walking down the pitch, uh, didn't realise the ball had been thrown at the stumps and was therefore out. Um, is the, it the
3: Australian shooting once again?
0: So, so what? What? Yes. You, what you got was the Australian uh, coach. Oh, sorry, the the English coach who has twice run out batsman in his playing career for walking off to celebrate milestones. Um, saying that he would not have a beer with the Australian team, and the England captain saying it's against the spirit of the game, and he would never have. He would have. He. I think what he's saying is he would have um, gone to the umpire and said, "No, I don't want you to give him out." bring the Australian batsman back in. We don't want to win games like that. I've never seen that happen before, but do you think he really would have, Sam? Uh, I'm
2: I'm not, I'm not him. So (laughs) I wouldn't be able to say, but I just, I think, you know, something's wrong when um, all the members uh, basically turned the inside section into what looked like Millwall away. Um, So as, as the, I don't know if you've seen but the clip of all the like Australian players walking upstairs, um, Inside and they're
0: just
4: booing them. And, um, can, yeah, can can I ask?
0: Carried. Can I can I can I point out that the the English wicketkeeper did the exact same thing first innings, but he missed the stumps and the batsman didn't leave his crease. What I'm asking is, do you believe if he had hit the stumps and the Australian batsman had left his crease, that Ben Stokes would have gone to the umpire and said, "I don't want you to give him out. Let him let him keep going."
2: Just yeah, the, I think so because
0: we we also okay. don't use sandpaper. So. Okay. If you believe, yes. If you believe legend, if you believe that, I got a bridge for you to build. But Tommy, what? Tommy, what are your views quickly before we go on to the real sport?
1: Um, well, I, I think that run out was, or the stumping, as it was technically termed, was kind of caught up in the whole fervor of the previous day with the start catch and the whole sort of test the atmosphere around yeah. the that final day. So I think it was all kind of built in and. Um, look, in, in any sort of facet of life, you can spin the narrative how you want, can't you? Uh, it's one thing sort of saying it, but whether he would have done it is another thing. I, and that's, I personally thought, I personally thought it was a fair, um, I thought it was a, a personally a fair dismissal. The umpire supposedly hadn't technically called over. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, you, you, you switch off for one moment and, these things can happen and it's a pretty crucial time of the game it
0: is funny how you see the just the the hypocrisy and it's just and, and it happens on both sides but from day to day yesterday it was no letter of the law letter of the law that's not a catch so uh, he shouldn't be out and then the next day it's well it's letter of the law but it's not the spirit of the game so he shouldn't be out speaking of spirit of the game
3: letter of the law I just as a New Zealander it's I'm contractably obliged under-arm to talk bowling. about yeah, the underarm fit. bowling
0: in terms of <laughs> 1981 I'm contractically obliged <laughs> so, to just mention that okay let, but, and again before we get to the real sport let's say this is why cricket is the stupidest sport in the world is because there are the, all these unwritten rules like you can man someone but only after you've given them one or two warnings depending on who you talk to. Um, this isn't in the rules but it's in the spirit of the game just write it in the bloody rules you idiots just make rules for these things and then you don't have to worry about them uh just it's it's let's let's start talking about football because i'd rather talk about football uh has been sitting there thinking how much of this am i going to cut out it's going to depend no, it's
3: all staying it's all staying i don't have the energy to cut a lot out today
0: <laughs> all right yeah, that's good to know. well uh, that is over on the cricket uh, and stumps and let's get on to the wnplwa or the nplwwa the women's version of the game in Western Australia, we had some, um, some big score lines. We had a, a, a thriller at the, the NTC Fremantle. Uh, by the looks of things, so I guess we'll start there because uh, everyone caught that one, uh, I think, except me. And it was a five-three win to the NTC, who I think I picked, but I just you never picked them with you confidence, did pick them. It, you did you never pick them with confidence any week because you just don't know what team's going to turn up. Um, so Tommy, did a good NTC turn up this week?
1: Absolutely. Um, They were thoroughly deserved winners on the afternoon. I thought they started with excellent intensity. Um, They had the best chances before all the goals started rattling in with Tanika Lala hitting the post. And um, yeah, I thought the midfield three on the day of Johnston and Cassidy um, who who got the headlines. Um, Lucio Halloran was was excellent in the middle of the park as well. Um, Sam will tell you a little bit more about her having coached and we were sort of having a chat about her after the game yesterday. Um, but that was an area where they, they just got really on top throughout. And, um, as I said, it was a 90 minute performance full of sort of effort endeavor, there was five individual goal scorers, um, to Fremantle's credit. They got in a lot of good positions, uh, but they just didn't quite have that, that player in the box, those late runs being made. And it was only really when the Kayla lines came on that they had a little bit of structure in their attacks. So. Look, in terms of the context of the season, it's a disappointing one for Bay Chambers because that's a five-game winning streak ended now and, and they slipped seven points behind Red Star. But for NTC, it was important for them to win because it puts them back in the top four, especially mm-hmm. with them not featuring in the next two weeks because of NTC Challenge. Oh,
0: I was just going to say it is a massive result for them. Uh, that that top four race is looking just so incredibly tight between uh, Fremantle all the way down to Mum in, in fifth. Uh, Balcata still can make a late surge, but uh, you know uh, we'll, we'll just quickly run through the table after the weekend's results. Red Star still clear on top by seven points after their 7-0 win over Subiaco. Uh, Fremantle City... Uh, yeah, seven gaps, points further. Caps increased yeah. to seven points. Yeah, but ba- ba- because of that result, um, Perth just a point behind them, uh, hit the NTC uh, just two points back and then Mum two points further back from them. So it's a couple of good results and a couple of bad weeks one way or the other. Uh, you can have Mum in second and Fremantle in fifth or, or any combination of those four. So uh I'll th- I'll throw this to you, Sam, um, because I like to to throw you under the bus and give you tough questions. <laughs> but out of those four teams, who do you think's most likely to make the top four? Who do you think's most likely to miss out?
2: <laughs> um. I, well, I think obviously Red Star. I think Red Star are still they're always going to. I think they've probably run away with the league a bit now. Yeah. Um. So and then out of out of those win.
0: four, the following: so Frio, Perth, Hyundai NTC, and Mum. Uh. Yeah, uh, maybe I won't tell, ask uh, you who's the most likely to miss out, but out of those four, who are the, the two best? Do you think? I
2: think I think it's hard because you, you you're saying that, but then Balcada have a game in hand, which is against Subiaco. Which no disrespect to Subiaco, you'd assume Balcada would win.
0: You were absolutely right. It, I should, and they they have a game in hand, and they would bring them level on points with Mum. So we, we've got to include the five, and, and well, you've just made it harder for yourself. So well done, but go on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, look, I, I mean. It, it, it could go anywhere. I think Perth, Perth are doing well at the moment, utilising the 21 players who are filling in the gaps where they're, they're missing those big players. So if they can continue that, um, I think we still favour them because they're just the depth. And obviously, Mon will be back. I think she's on there at the moment, so she'll be back, which adds another element to that. And um, Gemma Crane, I think, is still coming back from getting fitness. So I think Perth still always have to be in with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would – it's going to be hard between NTC and Murdoch. Like NTC, obviously, have been focusing the last few weeks. Their, their focus has shifted from the league, so it's been more about challenge, which is obviously next week. Um, and usually in history has shown that once challenge is done, NTC almost sometimes drop off. So I think the difference is this year this group of players are quite um, – Together, I think, and the, the leadership group within the players are, are, are very strong. So that that might be a So
0: yeah, um, so and the, the, we're not quite,
2: quite a young team. So, sorry that we're spent. not quite sure I'm what spent.
0: this is. The this is what I told you about this uh, phone lag. It's 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 very difficult. Um, but I was going to say the NTC uh, tradition of not being able to pick whether they're going to be amazing or, or lackluster is is going to continue even in this prediction it's very like as you say you could see them and some of the football I've seen them play finishing second quite comfortably because we weren't that long ago talking about if they can keep their form they're not that far behind Red Star or as you say late in the season with other distractions you can see them fall away so yeah, I mean it makes for an exciting end of the season, though. I, I don't know if we got the the answer off you. Who who are you two if you had to pick two to to make the top four? Get that. Uh,
2: um, I am sitting on the fence.
0: You're sitting on the good, fence. Good. All right, I'll I'll say Frio because they're uh, already in second, and I think the the points you made about Perth uh, very very valid. I think they're only going to get stronger, so I think dislodging those two is going to be difficult. Um, and then I could see any of those NTC Murdoch or, or Balcata sides p- taking fourth spot, Kalichi. But yeah, look, I, we we'll touch on that at the end. But just going back
3: to the game, the NTC performance was was terrific, and it was really interesting seeing Johnston and Cass- and Cassidy kind of laying the foundations about not being bullied. Um, we we spoke to them, and you can check out an interview that we had afterwards um, on our Instagram and on our Facebook. But even speaking to them off air, they said that. The first time that they played Freo, they were kind of bullied out of it. Um, and they didn't really feel like they were there from a physical side of things. Um, and Ben also kind of mentioned that as well, that, you know, they didn't do, I don't want to say the dark arts, but they didn't kind of like stick up for themselves in those situations. Why
0: don't you want to say the dark arts?
3: You love the dark arts. I love arts. the dark you arts. You want to see teams doing it um, all the time. I, I'm all about the dark arts.
0: Can I also ask you, did um did Louise Tanner r- rumble forward from center half and get herself a goal, Kalichi? Is is that what I'm reading there? Or I don't know if it was from a corner. Is that I think it might have been earlier. The point I was trying to make is that's Louise Tanner, ah, because there's a a Tanner and a Tana now, and um, but Louise Tanner's she's still getting off the bench and scoring scoring, scoring goals. goals, eh? Yeah. Super sub, um, and yeah, like it was, and also like um, Violet Longmore
3: came off the bench as well and played a really cool role in in, in sending a cross that that came into the box as well. So, to, to, it was just a terrific performance, and I really want to like maybe you can touch on it, but they really they really stood up physically um to that to that match, and that's my dad calling.
0: <laughs> so uh, hit the reject button. Uh, yeah, Sammy, could you
3: could you touch on on the, on the physicality of the NTC? Is that something that they've been trying to work on, or maybe maybe you can give us a little bit more light into that?
2: Yeah, so I think I think the first time round when they um, played Brio, um, they they you know they picked obviously that was the weekend they picked up an injury to Lily Bailey. Who I think I think makes um, a huge difference as well, mm. just the ability to play with her feet and. I think, I think Lily has come into question a couple of years ago about how much she actually does in terms of being a goalkeeper, but I think, I think she's, she's quietly gone about her business this year and put those to bed. I think there were moments in the game where she's patching crosses clean that are quite deep. Um, I don't think she would have done that. I don't think there's many keepers in the league that do that now. So I think that makes a big difference. And that, that did happen in that first game. And I think there was an injury to George Cassidy and Ruby Cuthbert caught, caught one here and there. So, I think in the back of their mind that was always going to be an element of the game that they needed to add um and like from a coach's point of view of ntc we always know and, and especially even with the 21 in the 21s competition we know that a lot of teams will set it and we'll just say you know if you get into them if you bully them a little bit you know that they'll they're kids essentially at the end of the day so um there, there isn't many teams that play as well i don't think uh, when the first team are on um ncc that is that will play that style of football so i think that's one way that you can get into their heads um and i think i mean the, the girls the older girls i think would have would have like i said before they're a bit stronger in terms of how they lead the group and this year the likes of grace lily georgia as well misha um just dragging the girls along a bit more and demanding a bit more of the younger girls and i think that that would have been something that would have played on their mind having still though wanting to play their style of football without going into it too aggressively and turning it into a transitional game.
0: All
1: right. In, in well, terms of the in terms of the outlook going forward for for NTC as well, they've actually got a little bit of depth now in their team. Obviously we'll wait and see what happens with Georgia and Grace given their first glory uh situation as as to whether they're going to feature almost in didn't the they? season. Well oh, so really they just newly
0: announced, wasn't it?
1: That was a yeah, day, that was last week. But it, yeah. it was only really, really Meyer Archibald and uh, another who who slips my mind that wasn't in the squad yesterday. And Anna, the Anna um, Powell, sorry, yeah. But but you've suddenly got Daisy Grenavold Shield who I think is playing in the 21s, and you've got some players sort of in behind there who can sort of fill out that squad depth a little bit. So look, with with Brooking still in that team as well, just playing in that sort of role, just a little bit more advanced, slightly off um uh La La at the weekends. Um, they're they're going to be a real threat if they can keep it all together. And as Sam said, if they do have the appetite when they get back from challenge to go one further than last year in the top four final,
2: um, they're
0: going to be... Tommy Dobbin himself. Tommy, what would we do without him? Let's hear what uh, Faye and Tommy had to say after that game. Hi, everybody. Tommy Dolman here
5: after a thrilling 5-3 win for Hyundai NTC against Fremantle City here at e and Stadium. Joined by Fremantle City head coach Faye Chambers uh, after the defeat. Faye, a, a pretty tough one to take. Um, it was an entertaining game, but I, I'm sure there'll be some frustrations after that one. What, what are your thoughts on the performance overall from your team today?
6: Yeah, absolutely. There's some frustrations with going down 5-3 after the winning streak that we've been on. However, NTC play some superb football. Um were very, very clinical in their finishing and some fantastic goals from them, so we can't argue that at all. Yeah, but then heading into the second half, you know, being two one down, we said we'd lost that first half, and we wanted to win the second half, which didn't eventuate. However, good responses from others, I believe, which I'm super proud of the girls for. Um, I mean going three one down to then come back three two, um, and then yeah go four three and then yeah four two sorry and then go to four three so, listen more than happy with the girls' response and that's what we pride ourselves on. Um, two fantastic finishes from Michaela Lyons coming on in the last thirty minutes. So again super proud of the girls with their reactions and their responses. But we'll go back now and um, prepare for mum next week.
5: Where, where do you feel it just felt a little fell a little bit short today? I thought you got in some really good positions on the flanks. You just maybe didn't quite have the players in the area arriving at the right time of the game or is it something maybe you've been on this excellent run and maybe there was just a little bit of fatigue at the end of it
6: yeah potentially and again can't put my finger on it right now but I think over the week we'll review and have a look at where you know, where maybe a few parts that we slacked off a little bit Um However, I thought that, yeah, at times definitely our wide explosive wings are our biggest strength. Um, Numbers arriving in the box sometimes weren't there. I agree with you. but, yeah, I think our transition as well, so our counter-pressure wasn't there as quick today either, which we'll look to work on.
5: And, of course, now you've, you've got a tough run of games. You've got Mum FC, um, the big game with Red Star at the top of the league in a fortnight, and then Perth. So that, that's a tough run of games. Uh, are you still confident that you, you can reel in Red Star, who obviously got the three points today as well? And, and what emphasis now do you put on that top-of-the-table game in terms of it being a must-win?
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's huge, and we're all striving to get that top spot and, and to win. Win the league I think there's a huge emphasis on the Red Star game by all means but we just take every game as it comes now you can't get too ahead of yourself so we'll take on mum and then we'll focus on the next game which will be Red Star um, and hopefully get three points that's the goal um, from each one of those games but again we'll just take one game at a time.
5: Tough results to take today Faye but thanks for joining us really enjoyed you watching you so far this season and hopefully you have a strong end to the
0: campaign. Thank you. And thank you so much to Faye and, of course, as always, to Tommy Dolman. Uh, moving on from that game, uh, if Kalicha will get the scores back up for me. I know there was a 7-0 and a 6-0, and the 6-0 is the one I wanted to talk about because it wasn't your usual suspects, just Curtin and Suby that uh, are getting the big scores put past them. This week it was Murdoch, University, Melville, nil, Balcatta Etna, 6. Anyone see this coming? I'm going to say that's a no. Oh. Uh, t- Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> take it away. Tell us what you uh, what you saw here.
1: Well, I suppose the context going into the game um, was that Valcannon did make a change to their, their coaching structure over the course of the week with, with Tim Cash sort of reverting back to his director of, of, of female football role and, and Yash Patat stepping up from assistant to first team coach. The
0: classic new, new director of female football bounce.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, perhaps, but I, I suppose his first move was to, to, to sort of just change things up a little bit and maybe put a few square pegs back in square holes. Um, I, I thought that putting Baxter Thu back into defence, obviously she was one of the best defenders in the league a couple of years ago. Um, that just looked a lot more stable defensively um, for Balcada on the rare occasions they were tested on the day. I thought putting Kimberley McCartney in midfield was was really smart as well. That's what I thought was going to happen the previous week against Red Star. She, she was just able to sort of connect things a little bit better. And while it's sort of still in the embryonic stage in terms of, of, of that lineup, um, I, I think if, if that can sort of work, then I think it's going to be a lot more fluid as the season goes on. There were certainly some encouraging signs um, and then they also played Lauren contini a little bit wider as well. And, and, and that's, that was sort of her natural position when she was at um, Northern Redbacks, obviously, when they were known as that in the first couple of seasons. So, yeah, it, it was just interesting to see how they shaped things differently. Um, but obviously with that sort of midfield axis of, um, of Sadie Lawrence, Kim McCartney and um, and then you sort of, well, at least you reverted it to it, really. You've got the spine. You've got Baxter and, and EJ Dow sort of in behind. You've got Tia and Monique Prinsall up front. Um Gabby, was, mm. Gabby kept a clean sheet at the weekend as well. Suddenly you look at that spine and you think that's going to be very dangerous if they can keep working on that yeah. come the back end of
0: the season. Yeah, that is a hell of a spine. We'll move on from that one because we did uh, get a bit uh, of that one on the full-time whistle, I believe. Well, we did because I listened to it. Um, and if you want to listen to it, it's $6 a month for our Patreon, I believe, Kalichi, which again... That is the price of your uh, long Mac topped up with oat milk. With oat milk, thank you. From your fancy uh, – is it really $6? It must be more. It's for a large. $6 for a large? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad for the CBD. Uh, not bad for um, for all our weekly content, either here on the Perth Football Podcast. So please uh, do, if you have any interest at all in the game in WA, we want to keep doing what we're doing and we we love, love, love your support. And those of you that have already joined us, you are the real MVPs. So thank you so much. Um, moving on from that to the other uh, thumping, and that was Perth Red Star Subiaco, uh, 7-0 uh, to the Red Star hosts. and. Kalichi, this is one that you picked out. Mainly, uh, not the score, not a huge surprise. Red Star have done this to plenty of teams over the last couple of years, but particularly the performance of one Reina Kagami. you said was one of the best uh, performances you've seen in the last couple of years. Yeah.
3: I mean, I, I wrote here that Rain star, Rain supreme, uh, taking a pun on Reina Kagami's name. But
0: Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, she, she, Did she you know what also means queen? Yeah. Did you know that queen of football? Never mind. Carry on. She's not answering to that, Monica. Go, Kalichi. I hope she's still on the line. Um, Are you still on the line, Sam? Oh, she's not. Let's give a quick pause and get her back on the line, Kalichi. Ah, ah there we go. Oh, my goodness. Technical difficulties, which you don't need to know about at home. But um, we've got Sam back on the line. Sam, you missed my uh, my f- amazing segue that I uh, threw over to you. Kalichi tried to do a pun about... Uh, Red Star reigning supreme because it's uh was a a really great Raina Kagami (laughs) performance, and I made the point that uh, Reina means queen. Did you know that Queen of Football? And then there was just silence, (laughs) so we thought you were just dogging me and uh, not not responding. Uh, Anyway, we're back. Now I wish I did. Kalichi, tell us about Raina Kagami.
3: Uh, She scored two absolute bombs from long range, um, and also scored another one. She's Got a hat trick. That's a hat trick. Yeah, that's, that that's must take absolutely her hat trick to the and top of the table. She's now back to the top of the table. And the best part about this is the bants because in our interview with um with Tia Stonehill, she mentions that she looked at the goal scoring charts and saw that she needed three goals to go back to being top goal scorer, scored ah. a hat trick, <laughs> and then what does Rainer do? Rainer goes, Anything you can do, I can do better and scores a hat trick of her own. But yeah, it, it was I don't
0: think it was better, Tia.
3: I don't. I don't know. You, you, be the judge.
0: You go have a look. And uh, why, are putting, Caliche, why are we
3: putting? Why these two slammed, women up against hey, each other? short?
0: Kalichi slams Tia Stonehill hat why, as no. <laughs> not as good as <laughs> Rosalie. Please don't come for me. <laughs> yeah. Please don't come. <laughs> Sorry, for me. I do need to make that a joke. We are here at four eight four Highway every Monday please night. Please don't come for me. <laughs> uh, she will too. But no. But it was an, an all round uh, top class midfield yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. like it. it they are they are relentless, uh,
3: and again, it's what thirteen. It's thirteen un, unbeaten. I well, think conceded
0: six goals. Yeah,
3: twelve unbeaten since since the opening day. They are relentless.
0: And it's, conceded, how many? What was the score on the opening day? I think they lost one nil. One nil. So and two they, nil. Two 0 two 0 So since then they've only conceded four goals. In twelve games, and they've got something like forty five. It's unbelievable. They are they are relentless, and again, it's
3: it's the fact that they can change the shape. Olivia Wood also had a terrific game. She had a couple assists as well, um, and she's had a stop start season where I think she went to the went to the Ameri- went to America for is it the, the schools team, the Dallas Cup, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then had a couple injuries and came back and looked absolutely terrific in this game. And again, Subi have been in all the games recently. They've been in. They've had a, a couple of tight losses in terms of losing a Fremantle last week um, and losing to NTC the week before, but it's always been tight games and they had Balcat on yeah, a 3-3. Draw, draw the week before. Yeah, right, so, yeah. so, so that's, it's not... You know, it's not something that you usually see from them, especially the way they've been playing recently. Now this this but...
0: season, they've they've been a lot harder to beat Um, than obviously uh, they have been the last couple of years. And yeah, it, it's, I mean, but but like I said, this is just something Red Star can do to, to teams. Is there um any any other particular points uh, you guys wanted to make, Sam or Tommy, on either Red Star or Subiaco before we move on to, to Curtin Perth?
1: Well, just on Red Star, I suppose... If... As neutrals, we want to be sort of clutching at straws and hoping that there is a title race (laughs) still, despite their seven-point lead. Um, Red Star aren't in action this week because that's one of the NTC games uh, that's not being played the next two weeks. So the next time Red Star play is going to be away at Fremantle City, which is going to be a cracker in two weeks' time. And they might be leading by,
0: what, four points at that stage?
1: There is a world in which Fremantle City could cut that margin to one point if they mm. get the win this week, and then they go on and beat Red Star in that top of the table clash. Obviously, Red Star will have a game in hand. A lot that of it. That would make it more interesting. The difficulty is for Fremantle, though, is between those next two league games, sandwiched in is a State Cup semi final, um, which was obviously confirmed today on Squatty. So, yeah, a tough spell for Fremantle coming up because they've got three games in a week, and then they've. Um, and, and that obviously ends in the top of the table clash. So we'll see if they've got any energy in the tank. But they do have a deep squad to attack this. You'd hope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I th- as I'm saying, I th- there's a lot, there's always a lot of ifs and buts uh, when you when you get a team starting to pull away like Red Star are, and just looking at their numbers, you know, having conceded just the six goals by comparison, Fremantle in second place have conceded 24. So it, it's a long way to go in the season. And and as as you say, Tommy, the neutrals. As the neutrals, we've got our fingers crossed for a bit of a title race. Um, but that Red Star are just looking so, so, so good at the moment. Um, another, We're
6: clutching. Uh,
0: yeah, we are clutching and we'll continue to do so. Uh, and then moving <laughs> on to our last game before we take a little break and dive back into the men's action, we had Curtin University 2, Perth Soccer Club 6. So as uh, someone said, I can't remember which one of you gave me the stat, but first time Curtin have scored multiple goals, was it, in in how long, Tommy?
1: About, well, definitely this season. I think it was a year. Um, I think they got a 2-2 draw away at, at Fremantle City last season. So um, that was the, the last time I can remember anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a really nice strike from Tiana Walker, who's, um who's been probably their best player this season. She got a nice assist as well for, for curtains opener. Who um, scored that? pretty routine.
0: We should give the names out for him. I think it was Olivia, Olivia Tog- Tang. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. And uh for Perth it was a double for Flannery, double for Zamponia, double for Lincoln. So a triple double. I thought that only happened in basketball. Anyone want to touch that?
1: Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty um it was a pretty routine win for Perth in truth. Um interesting note though, that's five and two for Flannery. Um mm, and we were looking at that. I think Sam. I think as Sam touched on before, they have had some outs obviously with Gemma. Uh, Ellie Lamont's been out after a red hot start to the season. Obviously, Monique Godding's still away at the moment. Perth have managed this period pretty well. They've got a credible point against, um, Mum FC, obviously a good draw at Red Star. And then these back to back wins, not the prettiest performances, but points on the board are kind of all that matters at this stage of the season. Um, and there's just something in this Ella Lincoln and Jess Flannery partnership. I don't know whether it's because, um, Ella likes to sort of, uh, obviously Sam, Sam's probably coached her in the NTC system, but, my sort of reading on it, Sam, is that Ella quite likes to sort of um drift out wide into the channels, whereas I see Flannery as a bit of a play that sort of comes in from the flanks. And there's something in that tandem I think that might really work um forward for Perth, but obviously they're gonna have a, a lot of competition for places as the season wears on.
0: So as, as an actual football coach here, Sam, is, is Tommy on the money or is he talking rubbish again?
2: <laughs> I think yeah, I think I think with with uh Lynx she she's always had I remember seeing her when she was a lot younger and She always just is actually, she was against Redbacks at the time and she come on and helps out with the old associate thing. And um, she just had this knack of being able to create something out of nothing, um, which you don't, at, at the time, I mean, you do a bit more now, but at the time you didn't see often in many female players. So of her age as well. So, and I think, I think last year, I think even herself probably would admit that last year was probably a bit of a, a slow one, not, not really as successful as she probably would have hoped with as many minutes, but I think, I think now given, given the fact that she's she's probably, probably, I don't know, based on last year, whether she would have been starting as many times as she is this year, but I think credit to, to Ella Lincoln, like she's, she has taken her chance here. Um, and she's working, she's working quite well with Jess Plannery as well. So, and credit to Jess as well, because she's obviously stepping up from the 21s, mm. um, which you know is is always hard there's a, there's a huge jump there so i think it's credit to them both just I, maybe it's just the whole well we're not expected you know like if, if you just said at the start of the year do you want ella lincoln and jess flannery to be your front two or you know like an ellie lamont Gemma crane then you'd probably be picking the latter two and that's no disrespect to to jess and ella either but you know, no. I think credit to them. They're, they're working hard and no. they're getting the goals and getting the reward. Kalichi,
0: absolutely. <laughs> sorry, we got four of us here as the host. I'm going to pull rank and say, Kalichi, go ahead. I was going to ask, is, is Dunks back? I,
2: she she did play a few, she did play part of the game. I don't think she played all of it. Um, so I think I think she's in the process of just easing herself back in, like monitoring her load um, and coming back from the injury to make sure she doesn't obviously keep reoccurring it. But... Um, She's back in some form or another.
0: And Tommy, very quickly, you've got 30 seconds before we move on to part two.
1: (laughs) I I, I just wanted to ask Sam about the the under-21s competition because it's something we don't really talk about a lot, but we've spoken about quite a lot of the players who've come up from the 21s and performed pretty well at first-team level. Um obviously most of those with the NTC, which I mm. would be most familiar with, but red star obviously mm. has been pretty competitive as well at that level the last couple of seasons. Um, we've seen Jess come up per- at perth and, and and Fremantle I think have had a pretty good twenty ones team over the trip as well. so I just wanted to sort of get Sam's gauge on the twenty ones and and where that sort of level is and um, and whether that that sort of representation of players stepping up is is something that's sort of um, valid and valued.
2: yeah, I, I think. I think year by year it is getting better. I think what's, what we tend to happen is obviously the more players that often come out of NTC will then go on and play um, if they haven't quite made the first team. Or even if you look at Abby Woolley, you know was in the first team at NTC last year and is kind of finding herself in between both first team and 21s at the moment at Red Star. Um, and I think Red Star are quite strong. They've got a lot of players that have, been either in the 21s or have had a lot of APL experience, whether that's coming off the bench or starting here and there. Um, Balcadra are actually doing really well under um Nigel Camido as well this year. They're they're, they're a really tough t- um team to break down. Um, I, I think obviously Curtin don't have a 21s team, but um, I, I said to our girls, you know, like the seven get like the seven teams within including ourselves, you know, everyone has to play their part every time they play so. Um, I think slowly it's getting there. I think as as the general population of female players improves and increases in general, I think obviously that will continue to increase and then, you know, um, it will obviously continue to get better. But I do, I think Red Star are a good example. You know, they're winning the league. But they also have Katie Ritchie in, in and around their team. Mm. who's You know, in and around the 21s, they have Abby Woolley who's in and, out, in and around the 21s. Um, if you look at their bench from the weekend, a lot of them who come off the bench are considered, you know, whether they should be twenty-one players or not. Elsewhere, would they get in? I don't know a Subiaco team or a Curtin team. You know what I mean? But they are learning their trade, so credit to them for making that decision. But um, I do think that the league is improving slowly, so I think I think that's going to be a benefit to the first league, the, the first team league as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely we've we've, we've seen uh, women's football in general uh, and worldwide as well uh, progressing leaps and bounds and uh, it's it's lovely to hear it's the same story here in Perth and uh, it's just going to get better and better I'm sure and obviously we've got that women's world cup coming up which we are all just absolutely uh, doing backflips excited about uh we do need to move on and uh, tackle the NPLM WA because uh we've already been in your ear health for about half an hour Geez, that time's absolutely flown by time flies when you're having sure does, but we... Fun. Fun. Yeah, there it is. Um, So, uh, uh, Sam, are you sticking around or have have you got to jump off?
2: Um, I probably have to jump off.
0: Uh, Well, well, I I better thank you for your time now. Thank you so much, Sam. Say goodbye to the gang. Uh,
2: Well, thanks
0: for having me. No, not a problem Um, at all. It is absolutely our pleasure. Uh, We do need to run now and get on to part two, partly because I need to run off to the toilet, but you didn't need to know that. We'll be back after this. Cheers, Sam. Yeah, thanks again, Sam.
2: No. Bye, Sam. Bye. bye.
0: And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at One Hobson Gate. And welcome back to the Post-P Part 2. Uh, again, didn't need to know that, but i uh, give it to you anyway. We give you more than your value for money here on the Perth Football Podcast. Uh, and uh, with that uh, being said, we won't talk too much about the Balcata game, because once again, that is on the full-time whistle for our, for our Patreons. But... Um, it was a, uh, <laughs> I've forgotten the score, Galicia, because you've got the next round of fixtures up. Well, we were uh, trying to figure out where we're going to go this week, uh, but that Balcatta game was nil-nil. Oh, of course, it was the nil-nil, the, the classic. We uh, won't talk too much about the result uh, or, or the game itself. Uh, certainly, we won't talk about that much about the goals, but uh, th- that is a, um, a big, big, big result uh, in terms of the title race because it opened the door. As they say, for Perth Red Star to just sneak back up there. They had a pretty tricky fixture down at E&D Leader Stadium. And, Kalichi, I'll get you to hit the uh, button there because we had some. Now, you listen here. He's not the facade. He's not. He's a very naughty, boy. He's a very naughty boy or girl. In this case, it was a couple of naughty boys, Kalichi. Now, you. Paint the picture with this stuff better than anyone, as I as I always say. So, uh, give us the the breakdown there. It was Dennis Gallen late in the game, but before that, Riley Walland um, really made this look like it was going to be a really tough one for Red Stags. I think that was quite an early red card. They were yeah. only a goal up at the time. Uh, talk us through it. Yeah,
3: um, I didn't see the first yellow card. But the second yellow card looked like one of those just absolute rush to the head moments. It's one of those. It looked, again, I don't know the the full context, but it looked like the same kind of thing that happened to our friend Karen Salinger, who was just like, (laughs) you've hit me. Now I'm going to get you back. Yeah. Uh, Retribution. So the ball was on the far Right-hand touchline. It would it would if it was at Coburn, it'd be the Corona Corner. Um, but it was on the far right-hand touchline, and um, there's some a little bit of intricate play happening with Floret. They're playing it, they're mixing it down on that right-hand side, and I don't know who the ball goes to, but the ball gets to them, and Riley Wallen just charges them, and they do a quick touch and pass to get rid of it, and he just
0: clatters. So you <laughs> think it's it's one where he's got in in the heat of the moment, you forget you're on a yellow yeah, yeah. Is, is that it yeah, yeah. Or, or he's just like I'm leaving
3: one in here just to make sure that you know uh, just to make sure that they know that I'm there but he's already on he's, he he's already on a yellow can't and do that on a yellow Riley and it's, and it's really like you can see in, in Shane Skinner's face where he's on his demeanor sorry so he's He's trying to play advantage, trying to play advantage, trying to be like, if there's any advantage here, then I don't have to necessarily go back and book him. But there's no advantage, and he just turns around and gives him the, uh, blows the whistle. And as he's blown the whistle, you can see Riley Waller just start walking towards the changing
0: rooms uh, as Nova's, well. No, Nova would be... Uh, I would think be Nova was your, on that game as well. He would be breaking you one off here, saying, Kelechi, it doesn't matter if there's an advantage. He, A good referee like Nova would pay the advantage... And, and still bring it back. back. And, of course, yeah. you've got to go back and send the guy off. That's uh, the, the, the difficulty there, I guess, is if you let the second yellow go, they attack, uh, they get it taken off and counter, Riley Warland scores, and then you've got to uh, send him off and allow the goal. Uh, Ouch. So uh, oh, I wish we did have a referee on here because that is a potential, you know, you're letting them play for however long the game continues to go on for with the extra man. Um, does that second yellow mean they have to? I know they... Genu- generally, always do for a red. I don't think I've I've seen red. Yeah, they usually reds. they usually just stop it. Um, but then for the um, for the for the well, well, let's let's go. So so either you or Tommy can can feel free to jump in. This I believe it was one nil at the time. Um, and uh, with, with the red star up, but going a man down, just a goal up, with still you know a half football or a football or a lot of football to play. Uh, it must have been a test for red star. But but one they passed convincingly enough. Tommy or Cal.
1: Uh, well it was a win of great character for Red Star considering they lost their past two games. Um, especially that, that bit of an upset at home to Sorrento the week before where Sorrento defended deep and compact and, and made it really hard for Red Star to get in their groove and went in wet and windy conditions. But yeah, against Florian, obviously having gone down to ten men and and having had to sort of um defend with the player less for, for the whole second half, that, that was a result um, of real resolve, and, and it's the sort of result you need to get if you want to, to sort of get to the top of the league, which is exactly what they do. So, yeah, full credit to them, even though um, even though the, the numbers on the pitch were squared up quite late on in the piece. Um, I, I sort of mentioned it briefly on the, um, uh, on the weekend pod that um, – you know, we might we, we might well look back at this moment um when Red Star were able to defend that lead in the second half with ten minutes as a pivotal point of the season, particularly with first and third dropping points or yeah. holding each other to a draw. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and then it re- it remained tight. I think it was two one. I know they got their third goal late, so it wasn't by yeah, it any was, means it was the 89th minute where that where that
3: um where the red card happens for for Floriatt, yeah. and it was the ninety fourth minute where Chopdowl gets his double.
0: Oof. Yeah. Okay. That so, turn
1: from that 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 turn from Dow was fantastic. Oh. By the way, after that third goal, uh, it was just so smooth. <laughs> I couldn't believe how fluid that motion was. He obviously. Yeah. took the ball first time. I'm not even sure if he put it through the legs or not, but but no, it was go, so smart. Do go he's, check it out because
0: it's the uh, it's it is just poetry in motion, isn't it? When, and, uh, and he's a very very good player that I'm glad we finally got his name right again. And it's like it's it's really interesting because there
3: was like it, that goal was foreshadowed a little bit earlier, and that's how Gallon got sent off. Where it was Floriot really pushing for the goal or for the equaliser. A corner comes in, it gets cleared out. Um, and I'm not sure if it was nickel. I'm not sure if it was door. But someone just takes a touch past Gallon, and he's at the halfway line. He's just like, just just bumbles into it. But again, it's one of those yellow cards that like you kind of sort of have to take just just in that
0: situation. Uh, yeah, I, and I think yeah, especially in that situation when when you know it's very very late in the game, it's it's more understandable to do it then than than earlier on. But. He loves a second yellow. Loves he? a second yellow, and, and we yeah. love him for it. Um, Absolutely, one, one, I think one, one of us definitely had him as naughty boy. I don't know whether it was this year or last year. That I was, was definitely me last year, but I was. <laughs> I was going to say I don't want to sow seeds of discord into Perth
3: Red Star, but there was one notable Scotsman who wasn't part of the celebration for Dow's second,
0: oh, and it you, was because you do
3: want to sow. I don't something. want to sow yeah, seeds. All I'm do. saying, all I'm saying, and look, this might be one of those two plus two equals five things, right? All I'm saying is. Chock's threw on goal and he takes on the last man and then scores. Daryl was right there, right there for, for, for a square pass. Scored. Earlier in the game, uh, Daryl's threw on goal, looks up, lays it off to Chock, scores. And all I'm saying is, Daryl wasn't there when uh,
0: Chock was celebrating. What's the rule? That's, What's the that's rule, all That's all I'm saying is, is two plus not- two is, is four. If you're not sure what to do, put it in the back of the net and then figure out the options afterwards. And then and celebrate
3: thing. with your teammate. And celebrate he, didn't, he didn't do that. De- that.
0: Deadly Daryl has sowed seeds of discontent in the Red Star ranks. Kalichi uh, sees something there that <laughs> no one else on... in the
3: world has said. Kalichi takes on Tia and oh. uh, takes
0: on Daryl. Tia Stonehill and Daryl Nicol in the same part. Two, two of the footballers in WA that I would least like to take on uh, in any sort of battle. But, yeah, there you go, Daryl. Kalichi thinks you Notice how no, so, Tommy's completely set out of this one as yeah, well. Yeah, he's not going to get involved. I didn't
1: know we turned into a clickbait podcast. No,
0: we—that's absolutely what we are. So uh, you just let us know—is it is it Daryl or is it Chris Jackson, the selfish most selfish <laughs> football in uh, WA football? Uh, moving on, guys. Sorrento one, Coburn City one. This is one we had on the uh, on the line podcast. Another one of the Patreon exclusives where we look at the uh, betting odds. So if that's your sort of thing, then uh, jump on that Patreon. But I said about Coburn, I said. They're long odds. This is a good bet, but I just don't trust them. You can't trust them. I don't trust them to stay solid and resolute for for two weeks in a row. Just back-to-back fixtures that just don't tend to win too many on the spin. They had the lead. They had the lead until very late. And then what happened, Tommy?
1: Well, uh, ball came in from Callum Dobbs. It was aimed towards um, the penalty area, and, and Clay Gibbs with a great header back across goal. No, um, not like this.
0: Cockerels, not, not not like this. Not like this. They were on for two on the bounce. Um, but 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 tell me. Uh, as an avid cockerel myself, uh, how, how how was the performance? Because it's now two weeks in a row they've been well very close to winning two in a row, uh, and and again they're always that team that, that people will pick for for the bottom two. They're they're not in the bottom two at the moment, and yeah, three points off fourth. Yeah, there you go. So how was their performance, Tom?
1: I think it's been. I think it's a bit of a step in the right direction for Coburn. Obviously, the game before they got a point against Bayswater as well, who obviously at the time weren't performing particularly well, but. Um to, to sort of get points on the road in back-to-back games or back-to-back away games at least is is something that I think Steve McDonald can build on as they look to find the points to, to stay up this season. Um, obviously frustrated in the nature that they conceded the late goal and obviously with Gibbs so unmarked and easy, easily able to put that header back across goal. Um, but I think there's some positives to build on. And as you well know, Sean, they're more than a match for anybody at their home ground. Um, so... Well, Teams we, won't look forward to going down there, especially Red Star this weekend. Yeah, we're going to find out the week
0: after. This is a it is this is a classic. It's set up for a classic Coburn boilover uh, this weekend, which which means they'll they'll. I was saying to Kalichi, I feel like it's either going to be blowout or it's going to be very tight, and I couldn't tell you which way the blowout yeah. would be if it happened because it's it's just that that classic Coburn thing of a big team comes down they can they can turn up and win by three or four or they can not turn up and lose by three or four. So keep your eye on that one. Uh, that's going to be. Is I was just going to say. Just they, a,
1: it, I was just about to say is the definition of an MPLWA banana skin a Coburn City home game against the top 14. Is is that the official NPLWA banana
0: skin? I, I, I think that that's just the... What we should call banana skins all over the world. It's it's such a. It's a Coburn at home. Yeah, it's Coburn at home. Uh, look out! It's a Coburn at home. You know, you, you get the you get the fans up and pumping. You get Friday Zico out at, at Corona Corner. Uh, Corona. We are still looking for sponsors as well. If you want to um, sponsor us as as well as you sponsor the uh, the Corona Corner down there at Dalma Tinnats Park, um, but we will be back and tell you all about that one next week and, and how that one unfurled. I'll, I'm hoping to duck down to that after work on Saturday. Uh, moving on, Perth. But before we go, I do I do
3: want to say that. That, um, the com- the combination of Dodds and um, and Gibbs for that goal, those are two of the signings that Sorrento did end up being able to keep, or did um, decide to to, to stick yeah, with. The two um, right. yeah. and Dodds again coming here, who he, he's had experience in the league before, uh, playing for the old NTC and and Gibbs. I think we need to talk more about this Gibbs story because the kid's seventeen. And he started the season not in the under-21s, but in the under-18s. So to go from under-18s straight to men's football in the NPL at this level, and he played their full game and Mm. was someone that they were actively looking to pass the ball to because this kid could make something happen. So... um, superb performance from the young man. And yeah, if you do get a chance and you're up there, go go have a look at him and, and see see what all the fuss is about. Because yeah, from from all reports that we are getting, he is a very, very talented young man. And if you're seventeen, going up from 18s, straight to the NPL. Yeah, you're gonna and, have some it, you've yeah. got some talent about it. And you've got senior players looking to find you the ball and feed you the ball because you're not scared. You've got to have some talent about that.
0: Yeah, it. awesome. Love, love to see uh, a, a young man with huge talent coming out of our state. And uh, it sounds like Gibbs has got it in spades. You can uh, go and see him away at Perth Glory. That's a... Uh, 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 probably where you want to go if you're looking for goals because Perth Glory love to have their high scoring uh, battles and it was no different this week. Unfortunately they're on the losing end. Three goals to four against the other Perth. Perth Soccer Club and yeah, I mean, it's it's the one thing that never lets us down, isn't it? The, the one thing we can always predict is that Glory are going to have high scoring games. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be entertaining. They're going to be end to end. And this one was about as exciting as it gets because it was a 3 0 Perth lead. And they ended up, uh, well, they ended up winning 4 3. Toby Snook, 88th minute sub, getting the winner in stoppage time. Kalichi, what do you call that? Coaching. He loves a sub. Coaching. Loves a sub to come on and win it. Um, uh, Gorman and um, – is, is, is that his name, Geogrigi? Or uh, should or is say, that George? Should I think say it George. should just say George, George, shouldn't it? Yeah, Gorman and George getting in on the goals. And Jaden Gorman's a footballer that I absolutely love. He's uh, one of those players that when I was seeing him uh, back in his uh, – Birthdays, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, back in his birthdays, he was – uh, very, very young, and one of those players like uh, well, like a lot of the glory uh, kids are. When when you go and watch them, you see them. They play with this sort of assurity and uh, and confidence. And then you see them up close. And I remember doing interviews with him. And I was like, Oh, my, I'm actually talking to a child here. He's uh, he should not be this good at football, and he's definitely added. Uh, I, I don't even know. I can't even put a percentage on it. I would say 300% uh, in terms of his physicality uh, from when, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a player I can see going somewhere, do you reckon, Tommy?
1: I completely agree. That's that's never been a doubt with any of their attacking players, though, Sean, because we've we've seen the the young guys such as Sutherland and Benny go off to the Joey's camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we know full well what their attacking players are very capable of. The issue for them is their defence. They've conceded 42 goals now in their 15 games, and that is six worse than anybody else in the league. Bayswater are the next worst with 36. So, I mean, look, Glory finding themselves 10th in the, the league at the moment. We know it's still tight. We know that a lot can change. So it's I wouldn't say it's necessarily panic stations just yet, given there is that break between them and the bottom two. But they really are going to have to tighten up that defence if they do want to stay up this season. I don't think it's sustainable for them to keep trying to score fives and sixes every week to win. And look, they've got Sorrento and Kingsway at home in the next two weeks. And then they've well, they've got three home games in a row. They've got Sorrento, Kingsway and Sterling at home. So yeah, three I, home games. There's been a lot of goals down there, but again, they really need to tighten up, I think, and, and get on that right side the, for them
0: the to, thing, to move in the right direction. The thing I'm not sure about there, Tommy, is is whether that is going to happen. I, I, I don't know if they look at this and they think – you know, there are a few points clear or well, three points clear at the moment. But if, if it wasn't for that late uh, winner, they would be uh, level. Three points off fourth. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, they'd, they'd be on 20 points. Uh, Perth would be on 20 points. We'd have four teams on 20 points, with Bayswater City a point above them, and Olympic Kingsway a point above them. And we know they can go a point off top with a win. Uh, so it's yeah. uh, and and, and the, they've gotten to where they are now. I mean, they've lost a, a couple more games and they've won, but uh, I I just don't think that that is in their their game plan. I, I think that their strategy is is to just test. Uh, team's fitness to to stretch teams both ways and uh, yeah look I, I don't think they n- necessarily expect top four each season but it's it's seriously so close uh, that that they're definitely still in the running with the way they've been playing so whether they sort of rip it all up and decide hey we're going to go a bit more defensive uh, Kalichi can you see that happening or, or no there's no chance for... there's there's no chance that they go
3: oh. that way especially with the way that um Wormsley's got them coaching God, that, that Wormsley's oh, got just... been coaching them sorry Tommy
1: I just think the margins are very tight. They won late on last minute against Balcada earlier in the season. They lost last minute to Perth in the in the corresponding fixture at Dorian Gardens. Yeah, And, and they again. also won last minute down at, in, in Albany in the game we saw against Sorrento, Sean. So there's a lot of these games going deep in the game. And yes, you can maybe chop it up on the positive side and say, they could have a few more points, but they could also have a few less points if they yeah, didn't get those late like, winners. But so it, it, yeah, it, but it is, exactly. It is an interesting Tommy,
0: dilemma. Tommy, just stop trying to convince teams to play less aggressive football. I, I think every team should play at the glory and it should be 7-6 every game and uh, we'd all have our fill of stuff to talk about. So. I I want to just add for Perth, um,
3: Sam Cook scored a double, which means that I'm going to add a little insert here. Huh.
7: I hear something saying, huh.
0: Uh. 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 He's still in my bad books. Um, he's, still in, he's still in Sean's bad books. Ah, he's, he's etched in there in, uh, in, in permanent marker after that hand but, of God moment. But I think most importantly
3: for them is that David Nimkovich is back. Um, and he, I don't know if he played the week before, but he got 45 minutes this week. He is an absolute game changer. He got a penalty. I think that was a penalty to make it 3-3. And then he also then played a, a crucial part in that winning goal coming in as well. So he is a footballer who could prove to be the difference for them. And if they can get Jeremy and Barr into some sort of form, it's between between Jeremy and Barr, between himself um, and between oh, – I can't see his name, but he's the uh, – who's the player that, that uh Josh Tommy, know. That, that Josh loves to remind us of who used to play for Armadale last year, Tommy.
1: Gordon Perkins
3: and Gordon Perkins. Sorry, that, Gordon that, that, Perkins. Yeah, between between those. Three, so yeah, the scorpion kick, extraordinary. Yeah, right. Yeah. Be- between those three, they're going to end up having like some serious, serious firepower that could potentially take them above or take them over the top um, in these last coming weeks because it like it is going to come down to goals for them. Um, their defense isn't the best, and they were one of the least scoring teams last season. So if they can get um, David fit, Perkins fit.
0: Um Barfit as well, uh, they're going to be really good calls at back end of season. All right, and before we move on, I do want to say, because I just lay into Sam Cook every week, we do love you, Sam, and uh, you're a fantastic footballer. Just bring and we, it on home. And, and and bring it on home into the studio sometime. We'd love to have you. I just want to say I'm not going to shake the hand that you punched that ball in with. I can't, I'll can't. i go back and watch the footage. I, I, I will shake the other hand, but I'm, I'm not touching that hand. Uh, we will move on uh, to, uh, aside that... I mean, these are—they're probably going to look at it now as as two points dropped Olympic Kingsway because if they had have won that game, then their game in hand would have potentially put them top. They would have had the title. I don't you want to say, say in two there- points
3: dropped, but they were two 0 down.
0: Well, I, I I'm just looking at the results. I mean, after yes, after the way the game un, unfolded, then they're probably looking at it as a point gain, and that's that's the funny thing about football, isn't it? That's it all football does uh, yeah. and we talk we we have had long, long, two hour long conversations, which we won't have here about um, mentality and humans' mentality and the fear of loss compared to the you know excitement of getting something that you didn't think you had. So the fact that they they thought they'd lost, they got it back. It will feel you know like they've kept touch, but going into that game and and looking at the results now, as I said, a win. Would have meant with eight games to go for them that the title was in their control, which is, which is wild. Thinking that from the start of the season they struggled to get rolling, they are really a side that that is now looking dangerous. And and all you know everything else aside to fight back from two nil down um, away from home, which again we, we won't go into how little that means in the MPL, but uh, it's they, they are they are the real deal, Tommy Dolman
1: they are and it just uh, i mean we, we sort of flagged it earlier in the season with that with that cliche that i know you dislike Sean, in terms of between the boxes and all that jazz but
0: um i don't dislike yeah, it i just I, think kalichi's trying to take credit for it and it's not his idea but you carry on football's a simple game Sean.
1: <laughs> but, but they are looming with that game in hand i can i can't wait for that reverse fixture against oh, sterling I know. Um, which is going to be played in the in the in the first weekend of august i think but um Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm doing the commentary this week of Bayswater versus Kingsway. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them and how they've progressed since the last time I saw them in the flesh. And obviously it'll be a bit of a test for them, um, with, with Gary Williams now at the helm at Bayswater and coaching against his old club. He obviously guided Kingsway to a, um, a league and top four cup double in 2020, but yeah. they didn't get promoted, unfortunately, for them due to COVID.
0: Absolutely. You did mention Bayswater there, so we use that to swing on to our last fixture of the round, and that was a Bayswater City side that we were going on about their defensive frailties. Uh, they were conceding buckets of goals. They were going at four goals a game for the last couple of months and was a huge, yeah, huge fixture against uh, the struggling bottom of the uh table, Inglewood and they didn't make it easy for him, but Bayswater getting up, two goals to one. Anything in particular you uh you two want to mention on that before we move on to a little bit of Australia Cup draw action and the uh the rest of the lower leagues that you want to touch on?
1: Well Gordon um Gordon Smith got both goals and he outscored Daryl this week. So oh, uh, it's that's a, a great uh, week for it's
0: Gordon. It's a bad week for Daryl. So
1: we'll give <laughs> we'll give Gordon his, his kudos where, where it's due. Um because he has been um playing a little higher up obviously with Zumba Mikache um out for the season. Gordon's sort of been one of those players who's so who's actually pulled that void that little bit higher up and, and he's and he's done a pretty good job when he's been in the goals. Obviously they've added Joshua and Asmo to their their team before the deadline. So that'll that'll give them some extra depth in the um in the attacking positions. But I spoke to Gordon on the, the weekend. He was filming the uh, the women's game that I was on and, and he was doing Bayswater in Gordon on Saturday and he said that Bayswater had the better of the game and um, w- w- weren't necessarily super impressive, but, but they looked a lot more sort of efficient and um, looked like I had a little bit of a plan under the new sort of coaching regime. So um, it'll be an interesting one to see how they progress. But... Um, in terms of Inglewood now, um I actually tipped them this week. I, I had a I had a bit of a good feeling about them obviously with with the draw and yeah. obviously how after picking up that positive point at home to Armadale, um who, who score goals for fun, but they're suddenly four points adrift of safety now and that's um That's a perilous position to be in, given given teams are taking points
0: off each other. We picked them on the uh, the on the line uh, podcast as well. One of our failed picks uh, for the week. Um, But speaking of the uh, the lines, Kalichi, what's the over under on how long after the how many minutes after the final whistle uh, until uh, Gordon sent uh, the text to Daryl? How long does it take him to get into the changing
3: rooms? I reckon it takes you about five minutes to get into the changing rooms after um, you've shaken hands, you've said you know good game to everybody, yeah. You've done 30, all that stuff. Thirty seconds to type the message. Thirty seconds to type the message. Uh, give it another like two or three to like look at the emojis or anything
0: like that. Yeah, then think, think about how you really. So, were. so I give it like forty-five seconds after he sat down. Okay, so we're talking seven minutes, six, seven minutes. Yeah, seven minutes. Six and a half minutes is the line. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> very good. Anyway, uh, let's move on uh, to our final little uh, – only got a few minutes left. Uh, let's talk uh, quickly about um, the Australia Cup draw. In fact, let's not talk about it. Uh, let's go to a, a little snippet you got, or a couple of snippets, because uh, we had you guys down at Inglewood and Floriott. Um, for the reaction to their draws, and uh, fair to say, there was uh, some mixed mixed feelings about uh, about what happened. Particularly, Floriot. We'll start there, and then we'll chuck in the Inglewood reaction as well, and be back in a second.
1: Yeah, I know. Mm,
3: Perth Football Podcast here at Ian the Leader's. Park Stadium? Stadium. Stadium. E&D Leader Stadium. I'm here with um, Jason Saldaris, captain of of Florida Athena. We've just seen the Australia Cup draw. Um, And mate, give us your initial reactions. It's a home tie against Western Sydney Wanderers. Once again, you guys get yourselves an A-League team. Uh,
4: Yeah, first initial reaction um, was uh, was another A-League side. So the boys were, you know, I wouldn't say disappointed. I'd just be, you know, you can be honest with us, you wanted the away trip we, we wanted the away trip, but like at the same time like I don't think the A-League side kind of scared us, well, I mean, we've come against A-League sides twice now, and we've come quite close um, so there's, at this stage, if you're going to draw an A-League side, this is, this is the time to draw them, so I think we're all, we're all pretty pumped and something to look forward to moving forward as our season's, you know, we're, we're trying to get the wheels back on, but um, but yeah no, it's good so we can get the fitness levels up and, and roll on to the, the round of 32 game
3: Yeah, mate, look, you you mentioned the A-League side and the fact that you guys have played them before and done well. if it's during the day hopefully it'll be in front of your fans here um, if it's not it might be at another grounds weekend, depending on the light situation but what's it like when you get to play these games and, and test yourself against the very best I'm sure like in the week leading up to that game you're maybe doing things a little bit sharper maybe training's a little bit cooler um, like what, what's that like being able to have
4: that opportunity to test yourself against seasoned professionals yeah it's, it's it's you know it brings a lot of motivation to to all the players um training training standards lift you know yeah, everything's got something to look forward to. To. We all know our direct sort of opponent. We, we can work towards breaking them down, breaking the team down. And uh, yeah, look, it's 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 huge motivation. So we we bring it on. We're, we're a club that likes to, we take challenges as they come. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we'll be up for it. And if people want to come and watch us do the biz, I mean, we're all for it, the more the merrier. I mean, it's great for us because that means we get to stay
3: here and cover it. So that's that's <laughs> superb for us. But on, on the other hand, um, there is another fixture that is a state cup final with yourselves and Inglewood. That's something else to look forward to. It's not been the season that I'm sure you would have wanted. There's still a second half to go but what's what's the team mindset, what's the feeling like right now knowing that you've got another cup final to go and still some pretty big games to happen for the second half of the season?
4: Yeah, it's, um, look, achieving the cup final is, is huge um, for the squad, for the club. Um, it's, it's possibly another trophy that we could lift um, and at the same time there's no more in-between Games, so we've been. I think we were five games from two weeks or something silly. So I mean, we can just solely focus on the league and and try and get everything going again the way it was and and move forward. I think the game's post-season. The cup final, so it's later on. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't know the date exactly. It's the middle of August, I think. Middle of August. Okay. Yeah. Maybe end of August. And, yeah. So I think, heard it was post season. Wow. So it could be post season. So it's just something we can just solely focus on, and then once we get to that, um, once we get to that stage with Inglewood or we weren't versum. We them twice now. So it's just keeping tabs and seeing what they do and how they perform, and then tweaking what we need to do to get the job done.
3: And look, just for for, for us as well. What's been the catalyst for this year? Is it I know that you've had so many injuries, you've now got Petkoff coming back, you've now got Bailey coming back, um, you've now got Noah Shimaki coming back, Ben Steele's been playing who hasn't been playing for quite a while, Sean McManus is still away. I looked at the lineup and I was like, these are there's nine players who could easily be first teamers, who could easily be starting names that weren't on that team sheet or were coming off the bench. Has that simply been the case? Because typically you guys do have injuries, but I mean last year
4: you found a way to pull it out as well. Yeah, I mean we've injuries has been a massive struggle this year um, it's not just one injury it's it's a compounding of two, three injuries and then another fortnight later another two injuries come and they're not just niggles, they're big injuries, There's something we can't avoid, Bailey rolled his ankle you know, Peckholl's been misdiagnosed for six months um, you know, Chris fractured his back against Inglewood, that's the latest um, so like it's just all these injuries they're so big and they're they're not just two weakers, they're not just little sickies they're they're a big time out and and replacing them you don't get the instant impact as what you would obviously with a seasoned player mm. but um we've you know we've got our we've got our squad and we have to delve in our squad deep and and try and make it work you know we have to we have to get them up to running speed and it just the whole squad just needs to band together and, and just try and pick up points where we can I mean the league's so tight so it's tight, so
3: tight. You, know, like you guys you, could still play top four final you the know, way that we win is.
4: three games and look I'm not saying we're going to be top of the league but people are going to slip everyone's been slipping all year so like there's no consistent number one team I think the league's open I'm not saying we're going to win the league but I'm saying we'll, we'll, we'll give it a nudge with the games moving forward with our players back yep um, so yeah look we, we've got to take it one game at a time and pick up points where we can our six pointers are really important, and then look. I, I've no. I've, I, I. I say this. Honestly, everyone will drop points. Everyone has still got two to three more losses in them, and that's when we can capitalise and pick up points and move forward. Awesome, mate.
3: Look, wish you all the best, not only in the league, um, but also in the Cup and also in the Australia Cup as well. I know that you're not happy about not having that (laughs) trip, but I'll tell you, mate, we're delighted that it's going to be here. We're going to give it all the attention that we can and make sure it's a memorable event as well, mate. So thank you very much for your time. Thank
4: you very much.
5: Tommy Dolman Perth Football Podcast here at Inglewood United where we've just watched the round of 32 draw for the Australia Cup and Ingold United have been drawn away in South Australia against North East Metro Stars top of the MPL South Australia I'm joined by Michael Donfoy and by Harry Evans just for a bit of quick reaction after that draw First of all Mike what's your initial thoughts on that a, a tough game on paper against the top team from SA but I'm sure you came for the challenge Yeah I think just the first reaction from all the boys in the club was just
7: excited to have an away trip a good opportunity to go away and uh, enjoy ourselves, obviously, and and play a good competitive game in Adelaide. Um, I don't think we're too intimidated by their league position and our league position. We think, you know, it's a reasonable draw and we have a good chance to
5: uh, put on a good performance. Similar thoughts from you, Harry. Were you relieved when your name came out second after Metro Stars and you didn't get the home tie? Definitely. I mean, these games um, are the ones you want to play in an away trip with your, with your good mates um, and representing WA on the national stage is, is a great honour and hopefully we can do, do WA proud. Inglewood's first occasion at this round of the competition, does that make it that little bit more special?
7: Yeah, definitely being involved in history and like Harry said, being able to represent WA on the Australian stage is a great opportunity and yeah, it's a great opportunity for the club to, you know, prove and show kind of on a national stage, but definitely to the state, you know, that this is probably where a lot of the good quality and good
5: players are coming from so yeah, it's a good opportunity for the club. And what does this do now for the games coming up, Harry? Obviously, you've got probably three or four games maybe until you play in that game, so I'm sure the boys are going to be itching, the is going to be buzzing, everyone's going to be flying into tackles at the weekend, really keen to be a part of this game and, of course, the State Cup final later in the season. I think this gives us a, a real boost um, for our season. I think our league results haven't been great. Um but this, this cup game will definitely give us something to aim towards um, and, you know, really push up the league league table for the, for the final few games because everyone's going to want to play in this cup game um, and get the club up the ladder. And you've got Bayswater City coming up this weekend. Just to touch on, on that, Michael. Um, obviously, they've just um, moved on their coach, so how wary are the boys going to have to be that there it might be a little bit of a um, new manager bounce? Yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of already
7: discussed that in training that, that all their players will be buzzing to impress their new coach and show especially at home on their first, the coach's first game that, you know, that they deserve to be higher up in the league and deserve to be in their starting 11. And especially with the kind of the history between the Collies family, that's also added guest pressures to the game. But we're confident if we play our usual game, play how we did against Sorrento and and the performances that we've had against, say, like the Sterlings, that we can get a good result. And your
5: first time at this stage of the competition as well, the Australia Cup, Harry. I, th- I think it's Mike's as well. We were talking previously. Uh, just how exciting is it to have that opportunity to sort of be on that national stage? Definitely. I mean, look, like I said earlier, you know, these games don't come around often. You don't know how many times you get this chance in your career. You know, we're part-time footballers. You know, we have full-time jobs. So these opportunities are once in a lifetime sometimes. So, yeah, you've got to enjoy the uh, the moment. Cheers, boys. We'll be rooting for you. Uh-huh.
3: How how classic were the reactions, Tommy? Because like Sean Sean's just mentioned it, but Florian were just not happy at all. And again, uh, Sal Dauris does a good job in terms of saying, "Hey, look, obviously um, it's an opportunity for the young boys to test themselves, but they all wanted the away trip, didn't they?"
1: Of course, um, all, all players will tell you that secretly. I think the other thing for, for Floria as well is it's going to be the third time now that they've played A League opposition. Obviously, having played City in twenty sixteen Melbourne City that is, and, um, and Adelaide United in twenty twenty one. So I think I think that they just wanted to have a crap against a, a sort of a, a associate club um, from another MPL But. Um, Look, they've, they've, shown that they're gonna, they've shown that they've been competitive in both of those fixtures over the year, having hosted them both. So there's no reason why they couldn't catch Western Sydney Wanderers cold, who will obviously be very early in their pre-season. But the, the danger, I suppose, is that Florida are going to have other things to focus on in terms of the league, Al- albeit it could add to the nice conduit to give them um, that little bit of something to keep sort of moving towards uh, as well as that state cup final.
3: Yeah, and... and um... Soldaris mentioned it in the interview as well, where he says, look, we know that teams are, are going to drop points. And so we just need to make sure that we are there getting results in as they kind of go in for that game as well. Um, they've got a bunch of people who are going to be away. European trips and stuff like that that are being planned and injuries. So he's hoping that, you know, everyone's kind of back in for that. Is the Are those fixtures at the end of the season or is that other fixtures during the season? The, uh, the Australia Cup ones, Tommy.
1: So I, I believe the round of thirty two fixtures are scheduled to be played in the first two weeks of August. So they will be in season. Um times and dates are still to be confirmed because uh Perth Glory and MacArthur and Melbourne victory and Newcastle Jets have to play playoffs for their places. So, so once those ones are decided, I think the full fixture will be released dates and times wise.
0: So within a couple of weeks we're going to have the those two Australia Cup fixtures and the makeup fixture between Stirling and Kingsway. That's going to be uh yeah, a very tasty uh, couple of weeks of men's football here in WA. Uh and before we wrap it up uh for another week, Tommy, you wanted to touch a little bit on uh, the lower leagues. We did a bit of state league action, got a bit of love down to uh, Mandurah-Frio. Uh, Kalichi, again, uh, covered that, and and once again, full-time whistle uh, is where you'll catch all of uh, actually, the Actually, Sean, and- they can catch the interview that we did and a teaser. So we did the old
3: teaser, full-time whistle teaser, so they can actually catch the first 15 minutes of the teaser on
0: this feed. That's the interview with, uh, with, Jim. W- with Jim, and that was a-, a cracking interview as well. And uh, don't you don't, Jim. don't you Gym's love great. we want to get Jim down by the don't way. you just love the lower down the leagues you go the more everyone just like no one's Really cautious about what they say. He's just—he's just a guy that loves football, talking football. There's—there's there's no like, oh, I need to be a professional sort of uh, yeah. speaker here. It's just not—not not that he doesn't speak well, but it was—it was a really fun. I, I just had so much fun listening. We literally to it. recorded it in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, it, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. So yeah, go check out that snippet if you like it and want to hear more. Uh, the Patreon is the place to go for the full-time whistle action, plus the on-the-line stuff. I've mentioned that a few times, so I'll stop pestering you. Uh, but Tommy, you wanted to talk a little bit about, even dive a little bit deeper than that and give the lay of the land across the next uh, couple of divisions of football in Perth.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, go, go to go to the other pod for the Division 1. In, in terms of Division 2, though, Kingsley Westside had yet yeah, another win at the weekend. Um, obviously, friend of the pod, Chris Brady, who's been on before, um, will be very happy with the situation at the moment. They're um, five points clear at the top with a game in hand over Morley Windmills, so It's looking pretty good for them to be um, earning promotion to Division One next season. Obviously, with that new facility, they're a a club that are going in the right direction and and doing some good things. So it's good to see them progressing. Um, The race below is actually pretty interesting. Morley Windmills have got a bit of a gap on everybody else. But um, in behind that, you've got Swan United, Karamasham Shamrock Rovers, Maddington Callum under White City and and Curtin University probably now competing for, for the further... For three spots, so so three spots for five of those teams that I've just named, Um and, and then in terms of the, the did you say Maddington's got a big win? Hey,
3: did you, did you say Maddington?
1: Yeah, Maddington, are fifth at the moment. Wow, so they're they're doing really well. They were actually on a run. I think of one defeated eight. Don't um, rate him Kalichi. right to the weekend.
3: No, I rate them a lot. We um, they they won the amateur league last year. Really good side. We went out to them in the Australia Cup this year as well. Was really close. So explain to me the su- the surprise in your voice that they're uh, they're doing so well. Uh, but doing like fifth place within a chance of getting promoted. You don't re- usually see an amateur team go up. And then get it like they could potentially be promoted back to back, which would be
0: incredible. Yeah, that that is true. Actually, I, I, look, <laughs> I just I just like trying to get you in trouble. That's a, we've already got you in trouble <laughs> with it twice. T- I've got you in trouble with Daryl, and now uh, we got the the Maddington City fans uh, are baying for blood. But uh, <laughs> back to look, you, sure. Anyone else? Uh, anyone else? Uh, Tommy, that you want to get Kalichi in trouble with, or are we just about done? You reckon for another week?
1: No, just to touch on the bottom. Quinn's Queens won for the third time this season, so they're off the bottom now. Um, and, and Canning City are now down, um, in 12th place, even though they got a draw with June City in the 10th versus 12th game. So yeah, all, all, all very exciting, I suppose, and, and interesting and tied at both the top and the bottom of Division 2 as well to, to sort of just give a little bit of a, an overview on that. But we're probably due a guest from that league to give us a little bit more depth than what us. Uneducated folk can probably give in a
0: in a, in a brief period. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, that'll do us for another week. If there's any more little topics you want to get in there, better do it now. Any more for any more, Mister Football?
1: No, I reckon. I reckon that's it.
0: And any more, any more from the man who uh, will never get over that underarm bowling incident, even though he hates the game, uh, Kalichi. Hates the game, hates the cheating Aussies even more. But again, it's in their DNA. Aussies can't help but cheat. Sorry, what I meant to say was the man who loves the dark arts. Love unless dark it's arts. by Australia in a sport that he doesn't watch. Why?
3: But the reason why I hate it is because they do the entire thing about it being cricket. And
0: it's like, this is supposed to be this gentleman's game and it's not cricket. But and then you go and do things that are not cricket. And I'm like, ah, come on, guys. It's just not the game. Come it's on, guys. not. I, 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 I say oh, it again. Stop relying on spirit of the game and just write some rules and enforce them. Uh, With that being said, uh, we love you all and we will uh, be back in your ear holes shortly. Bye. Toodaloo. Bye.